Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Did you have a pet growing up? My family had a Maltese terrier called Scruffy, and later there were budgies, a cat, and another dog called Tao. When our kids were babies, I didn't think much about pets, but now that they're older, we've been thinking about getting a dog. There's something about dogs. I don't know. I just feel like they're maybe more companionable or more inclusive than cats or birds, and possibly they're better for children. Katie Hunter is the founder of Dogs for Kids, a not-for-profit organization that trains assistance and therapy dogs for children. Hi, Katie. How are you? Good, thanks. Did you have a dog growing up? Uh, I did, but not until I was a lot older. So our first pet dog was when I was 14. Wow, that is a lot older, isn't it? Yes, it's a lot older than most. So were your parents making you wait until you could look after it responsibly or...? I think so. I'm not sure they were ever really into animals. Um, But at 14, I think that me and my siblings managed to wear them down a little bit. Okay. Obviously, your organisation is quite specific. It's looking at supporting children with dogs. But do you think generally, overall, that dogs are good for children, whether they have a special need or not? Definitely. I think it's the best thing to add into a family. It's they work well with kids that, you know, we tend to play a lot, you know, we need a friendship and there's that unconditional love that realistically you won't get anywhere outside of your family for a child. And so dogs expose them to that in a different way. And I think we can also use them to teach kids a lot of things as well. So, you know, if I think back to, you know, my growing up, you know, with our first dog, um, I was the youngest of kids, so it was when my siblings were growing up and moving out, so I had company, um, but I also learnt to look after something um, at 14. I think when you're younger, you can't learn to look after something the same, but as you get older, it does become that, and they, they can get you through some tough times, especially when you're growing up and going through teenager phases and feeling lots of different feelings. So with my family, our first dog was from a pound, well, that's what we called them at the time. And now that we're thinking about getting a dog for our family, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, should we go to a pound or are some breeds better than others for kids? What's your take on that? I think it's less about the breed and more about the personality. Um, but that's the challenge because we don't always know what a dog's personality is when we first meet them. If they're a puppy, they're much like our children. They are still growing and developing their personality. Um, so I think it's less about the breed and more about that. That makes it a little bit harder for some. Um, But I think there are good dogs in every breed and some dogs that just aren't to be around kids. They don't enjoy kids. Therefore, it's actually better for them not to be around kids. And how do you tell that when you meet a dog? Do you need to spend a a certain amount of time with them? And if you are going to do that and try and work out if they're right for your family, what are the sorts of things you should be looking for? That's a really hard question. And I think, yes, you definitely do need to spend some time with the dog. Um, in terms of other things, like I think you want to look for a dog that's engaged and, and picks you. And that's kind of the way our program works. You know, we let our dogs pick where they want to live. Um, just like us, you want to be 120% behind the work or the job you do. 
to be motivated and to fit in. And see, when you go, if you were to go and visit a group of dogs or a litter of puppies, some puppies will completely ignore you and wander away and some might be super enthusiastic and a bit too much involved in you and you kind of want something that's in that middle zone. Um, and they'll be different for the next person as well. So they're not always the same. They definitely do mould themselves around different people. And with the breeds that you train, do you specifically work with certain breeds of dogs for the um, training you do for kids with special needs? We certainly do. We predominantly use Labradors and Golden Retrievers. But that is because their pedigrees are specially bred. So they're actually bred by other organisations um, and they have lines that have been used in successful um, relationships with guide dogs and other assistance dog schools. So they're born and bred for it. Their grandparents and their great-grandparents have all been through similar programs and showing that they're resilient, kind, willing and wanting to help the community. And how do you find these dogs help with children with special needs in particular? Oh, in particular, we work with a lot of children on the autism spectrum, but we also work with other disabilities. I think the first thing they do is that friendship. A lot of children with disabilities are a bit isolated, not so great at making friends, might not know how to play with other kids, might not share the same interests. So that's the first thing that they do. But they can help a child sleep through the night, so a child who's currently sleeping in their parents' bed. It can help adjust them to their own bed by having a dog on the bed. We've taught kids how to brush their hair, clean their teeth, lots of different skill sets. We find that a lot of the kids have a lower anxiety level with a companion dog or an assistance dog. And so that might enable them to try new foods, go to new places, um, and it just lowers that base level of anxiety. I know that your Dogs for Kids is a not-for-profit organisation, but I can't imagine it's an easy thing to train dogs to support children like this. Um, Is it hard to have enough dogs for the need that there is? Definitely. It's it's hard to produce the amount that are needed, but it's also very costly. Um, And it takes us as a program two years to develop a dog before it's ready to place with a family. Um, So we don't place puppies, we place our adult dogs that have undergone training and health testing before they get to that stage. So it does cost us about $40,000 to raise and train one dog. Wow. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to put links in the notes of this episode for people who want to contribute to the work that you're doing through donations. Look, finally, what advice would you have for families looking to get a dog for their kids and, and to become a part of their family? I think research. Don't jump into it. Really research. Talk to people, talk to breeders, spend some time getting to know people. Make sure if you can, you get to know the parents of the dog, you know, know the background of the dog if it's an adult dog from somewhere. Um, Make sure that I think if you can get a dog from someone that has a trial so that if it isn't the right fit, you can return it. I think that's a really safe bet for families as well. Just because there's more risk with kids, you do need to supervise them. You know, they are a dog and kids are kids. They can sometimes be a little bit rough. Um, but, but research, be prepared to wait for the right dog. Don't just rush into it. Yeah, that's good advice. I'm taking that one. Katie, thank you so much for your time today. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. That's Katie Hunter. She's the founder of Dogs for Kids. And if you'd like more information about the work Katie does, and if you'd like to make a donation, follow the links in the notes of this episode. 
Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.